What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani of TSC News, rocking my Bailey t-shirt, in honor of Bailey, who did not wrestle tonight. But I am here to recap NXT TakeOver The End, which took place in Full Sail University, headlined by the first ever steel cage match in NXT history, if you could believe that, Samoa Joe versus Finn Bauer. From top to bottom, this was a pretty damn good show. I don't think I'd call it a blowaway show. It, it wasn't the WrestleMania weekend show. It wasn't NXT Brooklyn. But this had a lot of good storytelling, a lot of good matches, good booking throughout the entire show, some foreshadowing as well. Very, very well paced. And it helps being two hours, that's for sure. And let's talk about the main event, since that was the big match that was centered around this event. It was Samoa Joe and Finn Bauer. These guys dished it out inside a steel cage. I really like this match, and I, I kind of feel like I like this more than some other people. You know, maybe the crowd was hotter, and actually I know the crowd was hotter for their previous matches, including the one in London, but really good match. A lot of back-and-forth action. They kicked out of each other's finishers, and at the end, Finn Bauer was trying to escape. Samoa Joe stopped him and hit him with a muscle buster. I originally wrote in my notes off the top rope, but it was actually off the second rope. Regardless, it was pretty damn impressive and a pretty safe-looking muscle buster by muscle buster standards. I was a little worried about both guys. So, and whoa, what's going on there? Well, they're doing construction by by my road here. So, if you hear, if you hear some uh, noise and drilling, that's that's probably why. Why they chose to do it at night when I'm recapping NXT TakeOver, I'm not really sure. But anyway, speaking of construction, I think uh, Finn Balor's back is, is going to be in, under construction because he got hit with the muscle buster. One, two, three, and Samoa Joe wins the feud. Now, what I did not like about this match was just the fact that the crowd was, I, I don't want to say spoiled, but in a way, they've been kind of spoiled. And I guess I can't blame them, but Finn Balor kicked out of the Muscle Buster before. Samoa Joe kicked out of the Coup de Gras, the double foot stomp. And yet, the crowd went mild. It went mild. And even when Samoa Joe won with the Super Muscle Buster, I mean, they counted the three, but at least on TV. And if anybody was there live, please feel free to correct me. I'd be more than happy to amend my thoughts but or, and my observation. But from on TV, it seemed like the crowd was kind of in shock that Finn lost. Either they were in shock or they expected it to go longer. I'm not. I'm not really sure. So uh, I thought the reaction, which you think would be the you know least thing you'd have to worry about at full sale, uh, really hurt the match. You know, like even on Raw and SmackDown sometimes, or, or mainly Raw. Like for example, when John Cena's had matches on Raw for the U.S. title, or you know, just just in general, sometimes you get some really good Raw main events. I mean, the crowd typically reacts to people kicking out of people's finishers, and here, not, not really. Not really. I guess they could see it coming. I mean, I did see it coming, but but still, I don't know. I mean, I've been to a bunch of live events. There's times where I can call spots from a mile away in certain matches, but even then, I get into the near falls, and a lot of the crowd gets into the near falls, so that was a little weird. That was a little weird to me, just an observation. I thought it hurt the match. I thought it was a very good match. I, I really do. Was it their best match? That's up for debate, but I thought it was an awesome match. It made the most out of the steel cage. It did not prostitute the steel cage. It did not kill the steel cage like the Asylum match did. My God, that Asylum match with Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho. I'm still having nightmares about that. This cage match was presented as a serious encounter between two dudes that hated each other, but also two dudes that wanted to walk out as champion. And it did a great job of kind of walking the line between, all right, 
I gotta get a, I gotta get out of here. I gotta escape with the title. But at the same time, I hate this guy. I think he's a piece of crap, and I wanna beat the hell out of him. Maybe they could have walked the line of you know being a little more violent since this was a blood feud. You know I mean in this match, I felt like there were a couple times where they went to escape a little too soon, and I figured you know why not beat this guy's ass? But at the end of the day, it's about the title, and Samoa Joe walked out the champion. Both guys left it all in the ring. There was a, a long segment afterwards where Samoa just kind of, you know, just aftermath and Samoa just kind of posed with the title. I think people were waiting for something big to happen. Nothing really did. And Finn Bauer was just kind of laying in the ring. I would have liked them to just leave the camera on Finn for a while, have Samoa Joe go to the back, and just have Finn slowly get up and the crowd give him a standing ovation. I think that would have been, a, a, assuming. This is Finn Balor's final NXT match, and it might not be. You know, he might be in NXT for another month or two, which would absolutely suck because the dude's like 35 years old. He's a great talent. He should be on the main roster. I don't know what the hell they're doing with him. But if this was his last match, or at least his last title match, it would have been nice to at least end it with him, you know, getting a standing ovation. They own the network, right? They don't have to worry about about other shows and cutting it to ad time and, and whatever. I mean, okay, Breaking Ground premiered afterwards, but come on. Okay, nobody's staying to watch Breaking Ground. I mean, I'm sure some people will, but nobody's tuning in immediately to watch Breaking Ground tonight. They're watching NXT TakeOver. So I think it would have been nice if they kept the camera on Finn, if they turned off Samoja's music once he went to the back, and they just had Finn Bauer get up, crowd clap. You know, just, just it'd be a nice moment, but we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Ugh. Now, thinking about it, maybe they'll do another match. I, I don't think so. I don't think. This, this ain't the main roster. This isn't Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin in a feud that will never end. It looks like this feud has actually ended. I mean, damn it, this freaking pay-per-view is called The End, right? But it was, it was a hell of a match. I really enjoyed it. We had the opener, which was Andrade, Andrade I hope I pronounced that correctly, Andrade Cien Almas, a.k.a. La Sombra, a.k.a. Manny Andrade, that was his NXT name before, taking on Ty Dillinger, who is so criminally underrated, and ended up being a really good five-minute match. Andrade got the win with running knees in the corner, although it looked like a running crotch into the corner. I mean, it was kind of awkward. I know you don't want to actually hit a guy with the knees, but yeah, it looked like he kind of just, for lack of a better term, teabagged him in the face, put his crotch in his face. I mean, hey, maybe you know what? Maybe he was wearing a steel cup. Maybe he was wearing one of those cups that Joe Rogan's always recommended the fighters wear when they get kicked low by accident. You know, maybe he was wearing a steel cup and just rammed it into poor Ty Dillinger's face. But Ty Dillinger got a great reaction here. The man that is the master of the perfect 10. And I just can't help but think, man, it would be really nice to see Ty Dillinger on the main roster. He's been with the company on and off for the better part of 10 years. The guy was in freaking OVW. The guy was in FCW. He was in the early days of NXT. He's currently in NXT now. Just, man, I would love to see this guy get a shot. He is so criminally underrated. Is he Nakamura or La Sombra or any of these guys? No, but he is a damn good worker. He is a reliable performer. He's somebody that can have a pretty good match with just about anybody, and the fans love him. At least the NXT fans do, and I think he'd catch on in in WWE on the main roster. Gimmick's kind of one-dimensional, but the guy can work. He really can, so uh, I hope he gets a shot with the brand extension finally. Yes, some people are going to remind me he did wrestle as Gavin Spears for a cup of coffee on SmackDown and ECW, but that that doesn't really count. So I, I sincerely, sincerely hope he gets a shot. As for Andrade, hey, he looked good. Did his thing. Wasn't a blowaway debut, but it didn't have to be. It's the opener. You don't want to kill the crowd in the opener. It was, it was, it was a pretty good match for what it was, and 
yeah, I expect big things from the former La Sombra. Although I would have liked to have seen a new finish. I know he's been using that finish on house shows, but he's a luchador at heart. Give him something lucha I I don't know. I'm not saying he has to do a Hurricanrano or a 619, but just, I don't know. Something a little flashier. I mean, this guy's a flashy performer. You know what I mean? He's got a great look. He's a good-looking guy. You know, he's got star quality written all over him. He's already been a star elsewhere in New Japan and Mexico. So just you know, give him something a little bit flashier. That, that's all. That's all. I don't necessarily mind the running knees to the face because in real life, if you rammed your knees into some dude's face, they're probably going to get knocked the hell out. I just don't think that's necessarily the right finish for him. Speaking of the right finish, and this one was hotly debated, we had American Alpha defend their tag titles against the Revival. This was a pretty kick-ass match. A lot of near falls. And believe it or not, Dash and Dawson got the clean pin. And I, I just see so much reaction on Twitter here. Just just a lot of, a lot of mixed reaction about whether or not you know these guys should have won or not. But look at it this way. If American Alpha is going to go up to the main roster, they might as well put over somebody on their way out. I think they're actually going to have another feud real quick and then go up to the main roster. And for those that wonder why, if you didn't see this show, well, Paul Ellering. Yes, Paul Ellering, who used to manage the Road Warriors in the ring, and I actually think in real life at one point he was their manager. He appeared and brought out these two big dudes who, from what I understand, are known, have been known as the Authors of Pain on NXT house shows. Uh, Sonny and Jizim, or Gizim, Zim, if I'm not mistaken, I can't pronounce the other name. It's like G-Z-I-M from what I see. But the Authors of Pain, these dudes who infamously posed uh, with Alex Riley in a photo with the hashtag Make America Great Again. Yeah, that Alex Riley. They debuted and attacked American Alpha afterwards. And the Revival are once again the NXT Tag Team Champions. But look, they're ridiculously talented. They deserve all the success they get. And yeah, hopefully this means main roster for Jordan and Gable. Okay, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Austin Aries. I thought this was a great match. This was another polarizing match. Not so much in terms of the finish, but the quality. A lot of people were kind of sour about it. I was getting some, pro- some mixed feedback. Some people loved it. Some people thought Aries was in control too much and kind of dull. And I'm, I'm just thinking this match right here is what? Third from the top. You know, Nakamura... He's in his late 30s. Aries, in his, he's in his late 30s. Not every match Nakamura's in has to be Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. Although, to be fair, those guys didn't really do as much as people thought. It was just a great psychological match. You know, besides the moves and everything, it was a lot about the showmanship and just the aura of Nakamura in, in Dallas and in WWE for the first time. But this match was not on that level. But I still thought it was a great match. And they gave Aries a lot of offense. He locked in the last chancery. He gave a Death Valley driver to Nakamura on the freaking apron, which I think they could have sold a little bit more, but still looked looked pretty dangerous. And afterwards, Aries went for a suicide dive, and Nakamura moved out of the way. Aries hit the guardrail. The crowd went silent because he looked like he really got hurt, and I'm sure it did hurt. And Nakamura just, he went ham. He went ham. Knee, suplex, hit the Kinshasa. One, two, three, and Nakamura got the pin. Though the finish was pretty awesome, and, and yeah, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a, a good pace match. You know, you could you could call it a great match, a very good match. Some people said it was bland. 
I saw some people even call Aries average Aries. Like, come on. Like, th- this guy's been awesome for a long time. And look, you may not like how he conducts himself on social media. You may think he's kind of a prick in real life. I don't know. I've interviewed him. He's always been nice to me. I got nothing bad to say about the guy. And uh, yeah, I thought, was, I thought it was a really good match. And you should probably go out of your way to see it. it was, well, you should go out of your way to see everything in the show. It was, pr- it was all pretty good. But Nakamura got the win. I thought Aries looked really good in the loss. Where you go from here with Aries? That's a big that's a big question. I mean, he could be a great player coach, kind of like a, a veteran that can still wrestle and, and train guys and teach young guys how to work, which he's kind of been doing in NXT. You could bring him up to the main roster as just a guy that can cut good promos and have good matches. And also with Bobby Roode, kind of walking past William Regal when William Regal was doing a backstage promo and William Regal uh, rushing to go find Bobby Roode. I could see Bobby Roode and Austin Aries reforming the Dirty Heels, perhaps under a different name, and being a damn good tag team in NXT and being a damn good tag team on the main roster. You know, you don't necessarily need every single person you sign to be a main eventer, although I think Austin Aries has proven in TNA that, you know, he certainly has some main event qualities. Some people may disagree with that. that that's fine. I mean, look, age 38, you know, he, he is getting older. Is he still at the level he was, say, in 2012? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But is he still damn good? Yeah. He is, and he knows how to work, and he knows how to cut promos, and I think the guy is certainly an asset to the main roster and to NXT. So, you know, is, is he going to come in? And, would he, if he was called up, would he take AJ's spot, or Roman's spot, or any of these guys right now or seen it? No, but is he a guy that can be called upon to have a damn good to great match? Yeah. Is he a guy that can strengthen your mid-card, maybe even strengthen your secondary titles if you gave him one of them? Yeah, I think so. And if, again, you put him together with Bobby Roode, a guy who he's friends with in real life, a guy who he was a successful tag team with in TNA. Uh, do I think they'd have some success in and out of the ring? Yeah, I do. I do. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it looks like he's going to be bound to NXT for a while, as is Bobby Roode, which, you know what? I'm, fi- I'm fine with. These guys are getting their money and doing their thing and having good matches and teaching guys how to work in the process. You know what? It's better than being in a place that isn't being watched by a lot of fans right now in TNA and is, well, losing quite a bit of money. We had Asuka versus Nia Jax for the Women's Championship. Uh, Really, really good match. I enjoyed it. Nia Jax, I I think this is the best she ever looked. You could debate whether the Bailey match was better, but as far as like an individual performance, this was the best that Nia Jax ever looked. She looked a lot more mobile. And Asuka just kind of went crazy. Kind of went crazy. Tried to go for an arm bar. Pinfall combination, and then she just went ham and just hit several, you know, a bunch of kicks to, to the dome, to the body of Nia Jax, got the pin. She just looked like a beast. Very good match. Very good match. Props to both women. Nia Jax certainly held her own. And then, as I said, we had Finn Balor, Samojo retaining clean. So overall, I'd give this show a big thumbs up. Really enjoyed it. Again, the crowd... Kind of disappointed me in the main event. Also a little disappointing when Paul Ellering came out and the crowd chanted, who are you? Now, I'm assuming they were chanting, who are you, to the authors of Pain. Not necessarily Paul Ellering, but still. Still. That being said, I don't know if it was the smartest thing for Kevin Owens and a few other guys to insult the fans saying, you know, why are you chanting, who are you, at, at Paul Ellering? I mean, yeah. Technically, Paul Ellering was out there, but I'm pretty sure they were chanting it at the Authors of Pain. And not to defend these kids, but a lot of them are kids in the crowd. I mean, they're college kids. Not everybody's going to know who Paul Ellering is. 
And another thing too, that crowd is one of the main reasons why NXT has been such a hot brand the last couple of years. Because they lose their mind and they get behind these people. It's, it's like, uh, you know, high school football. You mean? Or, you mean, a home team. Like they just have such a, a great, lively crowd. It's awesome. It's kind of like the, the poor man's Seattle with the Seattle Seahawks or, or Oracle Arena with the Golden State Warriors. You mean where there's such an, the crowd just has such an advantage or such an atmosphere, even if you're not an, a Warriors fan or a Seahawks fan. When you watch the games and you, and you see that crowd, you feel that crowd. I mean, you're like, damn, I got to be there. It's hot. It's popping. And they've kind of had that effect on pro wrestling. You can say what you want about them. You can say, oh, millennials or this and that and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, okay, they've had an impact. They've done their part. And they've made this brand hot. Kind of like the ECW crowd. You could, hate the, you could have hated the ECW crowd back in the 90s. But at the end of the day, whether you love them or hate them, they did play a big part in making a lot of these guys come off as bigger stars. They really did. So... You know, I'm, I was a little cringe, you know, I felt a little cringeworthy watching them chant that, but I don't think it was directed at Paul Ellering, but I mean, whatever, Kevin Owens is a heel. He, he said he's glad he's not wrestling in full cell anymore. I uh, hope he doesn't get in trouble for that tweet, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Take, take it easy, guys. I'm pretty sure they were directing it towards the two big dudes that I didn't even ever heard of. Not, uh, not, not Paul Ellering, but that does bode well for Rachel Ellering, who is the daughter of Paul Ellering who has been training under Lance Storm for the last year. She hasn't even been wrestling for a year. She already had a match in NXT. And from what I understand, she's rapidly improving and extremely well-liked. So the fact that her father is in the mix with NXT, that's very good news for her. But I don't want to hear about nepotism. From what I understand, this girl has been progressing very nicely and is, again, an extremely nice person. So if she gets a shot... At developmental, spends a couple years there, does her thing, becomes kind of like a you know underground NXT star, then goes up to the main roster. I'm all, I'm all for it. You know, plus she has a legit athletic background. I think she was a former power lifter, so she's she's pretty kick ass. So props to Rachel there, and nice to see them bringing back her dad. That's pretty awesome. I, I did not expect that. On one hand, you know, I would think Paul would be managing the revival since they're bringing back old school, but Paul also did manage the Road Warriors who back in the day were these two big brutes that just killed people. And if that's what they want the authors of Pain to be, then that's fine. Just don't make them a complete ripoff of the Road Warriors because they may end up like the Ascension. And yeah, we all know what happened to the Actually, we don't know what happened to the Ascension because they're never on TV. I mean, Victor's on main event and superstars, but you know, in reality, they're just completely, completely... Irrelevant. So overall, I enjoyed the show, and I would love to hear your thoughts. What did you think about NXT TakeOver The End? What do you think about the road now to NXT Brooklyn? What do you think about everything going on with the Cruiserweight Classic, with the potential signings, with Moose from ROH teasing that he's going to be signing with NXT? His deal's up in a couple weeks. Perhaps he's WWE bound. I mean, it seems like it. I believe he was backstage. He did pick Apollo Crews up from the airport, so hmm. The plot thickens, but I want to hear from you. Let me know. Leave a comment below. Tweet us. Facebook us. Do what you got to do. If you enjoyed this recap, please like, share, take care, and don't forget to subscribe for more WWE updates, including our Money in the Bank coverage.